0: excited or apprehensive I don't know it's probably AI I think it's a little bit scary it's a little bit you run out the AI situation too far and it seems to go bad pretty quickly but I'm excited for the short to medium term the returns are in the terms if you're a contractor your margin is in the post award phase That's what happens in a dispute in construction. Even if you win, you still lose, and more than likely, you're not going to win. So having been through thousands of these, it is better to negotiate, give up a percentage. It'll save you money, and it'll save you time in your own attention. really quick before we get started if you're a return listener can you please leave a rating if you're on spotify or itunes you can leave star ratings and subscribe it makes a huge difference to the growth of the podcast and it it means that we can impact more construction companies to allow them to make more profit and stay in business over long term and that's all we want to do so please uh, leave a rating and subscribe and now let's get on with the show Hey, construction legends. So this is part two of my interview with Casey Gray on the Conscious Builder Show. And in this, we talk about my thoughts specifically on AI and construction, what business is gonna look like in the future and how we can benefit from it, and how we can set ourselves up for success if you're in construction business. And the three most important things that you need to make sure you avoid in construction contracts to make sure you don't sign terribly risky contracts, that you have better cash flow, and ultimately you make more money On your construction projects. So enjoy.
1: Now, within your business, uh, what are some of the challenges that you're facing today? You had mentioned there's kind of some hiring challenges, but that seems like with the clients that you're working with, uh, mm-hmm. but what are you dealing with within your business?
0: Yes, hiring skilled people is is very difficult. So we're struggling and struggling to find people of quality that we wanted. So we ended up building an int, like an internal certification. So we hire people and run people through our own internal certification. That was a bit of a, an issue that we kind of got around. So hiring people is very difficult. The price of, price is probably not the right word, the salary expectation has gone up and up and up and up so that that has been difficult and i guess scaling across multiple countries has been a challenge also so i am personally based in australia and so i'm speaking to you at 5 a.m here and i speak to clients at up to 10 p.m at night as well i mean but as you know as CEO trying to lead an organization that can be a challenge that involves a lot of of traveling as well. So I'd say that is probably my personally biggest challenge is time zones and trying to get all the time zones right at all at a time. <laughs> so that's I'd say that's the, my the biggest challenge.
1: And how are then how are you navigating that? Like do you have a family that you need to mm. get back to too? Like how how does that work? Um because I know that family is important, right? And we gotta mm. Figure out, I never say, I don't know if it's ever balanced. It's more like a teeter-totter, right? So sometimes you got to teeter back and forth, but what are you doing to to navigate that?
0: Yeah. So- It's actually works really well. It took me a while to to get a good routine. And now I essentially just have two work days. And so with this, me personally, so apart from traveling to the US or wherever, my day is structured into two parts. So one will be 5 a.m. start to about 10 a.m. in the morning. And then that, but when my kids emerge, eventually I will have (laughs) breakfast and uh, with them. So I get to spend a bit of time with them before. And a lot of dads actually, I, this is what I'm telling myself, right? A lot of dads actually don't get to spend that breakfast time with their kids. If I worked in the city, I would be gone before my my kids woke up. I'd be on my way into the city. So I actually get to sit down and have breakfast with them. They, then they head off to school. And then I'll also have dinner with them as well. And then at that, when I take a little break, but at 10 a.m., I'll do some exercise, spend some time with my wife. And then day two kicks in and in the evening times i try my best to limit stuff in the evenings but sometimes it just it just has to happen but again the kids will be in bed and hopefully i'll spend time with them between when they came home from school so that's yeah. my way to structure things it doesn't always work uh, the best and sometimes i burn out but most most people run businesses run run through that conflict as well yeah and i think it just
1: gets you have to get to a point where you work 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 and then you gotta gotta remember okay now it's time to reap Chill the out. rewards right and it, it, and pass the reins off and try to get other people in. You know, that's kind of where we're at to some extent, you know, we're, we're, we've kind of been in this growth days as well, bringing on the right people, trying to get them trained up, trusting them doing the transition. So it's been great too, but I also need to remember because when I take one thing off my list, there's always something else that can come in. So like my default is work personally. (laughs) Yeah. So I got to remember like, all right, time to take a day off, make sure I put time aside for my wife, time aside for my son. Uh, And then like you said, there's some days that it's just like today was one of those days. I'm like, I'm I'm all meetings today. You won't see much of me today, (laughs) even though I'm working from home sort of
0: thing yeah so. oh but I so mean I- it's exciting though I'd like you know, I, I I love it. I love working. I love the construction industry. I love the people that I, that I work with. And again, as well, as we scale, maybe you find this too, you kind of move out of client facing and you're trying to train more internal people. And so that's been hard for me as well, because I really like, I love jumping on a call where there's some near catastrophe, some big <laughs> dispute about to happen and navigating through that particular issue. That's kind of, that, that sets me off. I love that. And so kind of, as you said there, trying to get the right people in place to be able to help more people essentially can be difficult.
1: Yeah. What are you most excited about in the future? Whether it's the construction industry or within your business, what's something that's got you revved up?
0: Excited or apprehensive? I don't know. It's probably AI, I think. It's a little bit scary. It's a little bit. You run out the AI situation too far and it seems to go bad pretty quickly. But I'm excited for the short to medium term in that the way we we talk about it internally is AI is here. It's like when the internet arrived, it is the example I'll talk about because we're in the construction industry. There was a time where there was just trucks on site that, you know, moving stuff from A to B. And they said to the people, We're we're going to get driverless trucks. And so we're at that moment in time where driverless trucks are coming. And so we can choose to be the type of company that learns the new skill. And instead of being made redundant, we're the guys driving five trucks at a time. And so we're trying our best to integrate AI into our company to increase our output, to be able to deliver better outcomes to our clients to make their experience better so that we can essentially be better and so that's we're trying our best and we I've challenged our team as much as possible to use AI where possible and even even small things so when people email our our automated inbox to make things a bit you know you get a you get a response and the response is typically you have received an email or so we have received your your ticket or whatever that's normally what you would have but we change that every single week, and we go to ChatGBT and go, Can you give us a different version of? a nicer way to say that. So it's like, you know, our minions are got your piece of work and we're scurrying away to blah, 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 and it'll be back to you in 24 hours. And so every single week, we change one of those things. So now just for the client, every time they send something in, they get a little kickback and it's just a little bit of a funny thing. It makes it, it makes the experience slightly better.
1: Yeah, it's really great. We're doing the same thing with AI on the content creation. Uh, mm-hmm. I see... Do you see it affecting your job? Because I, I could see AI doing a lot of legal or contract work for people. Yep. And I don't know how close we are to that, mm-hmm. um, but I see it also doing like interior design work. I see it like there's a lot of ways that AI can be implemented, I think. And I think it's going to come down to the people that become most creative with AI and work with it. And like you said, you know, driving five trucks instead of one uh, mm-hmm. that are going to be the most successful.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think... It, All white collar jobs are at risk, to be frank. Real quick, and we'll get back to the show. If you don't have time or you don't necessarily have the expertise to review and negotiate your own construction contracts, please go to quantumcontractsolutions.com, book in a call with our team and we'll show you exactly how we can help you sign better contracts that have way less downside risk and set yourself up to make more profit on that project and ultimately keep you in business over the long term. It's what all the smart construction companies do. So go to quantumcontractsolutions.com. Now let's go back to the show show we all thought that you know the the jobs that were going to be replaced first were blue collar jobs and that that has happened to a point but it has been very very slow because to replace a blue collar job it is essentially you got to create machinery which is very very expensive where ai now has been created and it's very cheap and it's very quick and it's very powerful. And so white collar jobs are certainly at risk. But again, it's using AI to do it. So why? So let's just say, you know, uh, uh, there will be an argument in that our company isn't necessarily legal. We are outcome for you is to reduce risk and have better cash flow and reduce costs. Right. It's not necessarily like you know the way lawyers would would approach it. We're construction people at the end of the day. In saying that if you're someone who wants to use say our service or another white collar service, the next step is you're going to go to a company that has already figured out everything that to, to has already adapted AI to be specific to that market. So you're still going to go to a company. So you're not going to, if you're a construction company, you're not going to bother doing all of the contract stuff and training AI and getting all those systems and processes in place. You're going to go to a company instead who has done all of that and has perfected absolutely everything. And you'll pay for not having to do that. That is probably what business looks like in the future. Rather than I'll just go to a website that is going to give me every single answer that I think it's going to give me. I don't think it's going to work that way in the the short term.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. One of my calls today of my many meetings today was with a company that can hire us, or sorry, that can help us with hiring and retention. And they already Mm -hmm. have everything mapped out and planned. And for a monthly fee, which is less than us going with a recruiter for one person could take care of everything, right? So to your point, one company specializes in an area, maybe not just one thing, but in one area that then can be brought into another company and support them. Uh, and right. they're probably taking on using AI and all sorts of stuff to make it easier on their end. Hence why they can do 50 clients with one person as that's opposed right. to you hiring one or two people to do the same job.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the benefit of of having a... Like, obviously, you got to vest your vendors, make sure that they're really good. Assuming that they are good. If you can have someone who's a specialist at only doing that one thing, that's all they mm-hmm. do is that one thing, they're obviously going to be better than you. I mean, you've... You're a builder. Right, You're, You you have a, a set of skills, as Liam Nielsen would say, in a specific way. And so do you need to be a financial guru? Do you need to be doing your own bookkeeping as well? Is that a good use of, of a company's time? Do you need to also be doing all the HR stuff? So a lot of construction companies, I had a friend that had a, a company that was based in uh, the Netherlands, in Europe, and they're in Singapore, they're in Australia, and they did these underwater concrete structures. So reefs, you know, there's artificial reefs they do had all these they they work for oil and gas companies as well doing concrete curtains i think they're called as well and because they they understand the bell curve nature of construction there's going to be projects and then it's going to go down and if you build an organization you actually put yourself you you give yourself quite a high expenses because when a downturn comes you have to make a choice do i let people go or do i keep them on whereas if you're higher if you have a lot of managed service you can downgrade your service you can up your service and it gives you a lot of flexibility as a builder. And so he specifically ran a business like that. They didn't even have offices; they had warehouses and they had yards and so. But they had no offices. Everyone worked remotely. Long story short, he sold the business for an absolute fortune.
1: That's great. Well, uh, this has been super interesting. Any parting words of advice for our listeners?
0: Yes, I'll give you. Th- I'll give you three things that I think are really important. The returns are in the terms. If you're a contractor, your margin is in the post award phase, and avoiding a dispute is far cheaper than getting into a dispute. If you can embody those three things into any project that you're going to I think you'll do really well
1: that's great advice and I can attest to number three went through one lawsuit years ago and I will never go through I always tell I even tell clients now I'm like you're gonna have to owe me a lot of money before I come chasing you for it so hopefully we can just agree to get along <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's it so uh, the way I look at dispute is if you are 100 hundredly, you're never 100% in the right but let's just assume you're 100% in the right it's like you're driving along in a car you stop at the traffic lights so Someone rear ends you. They get out of the car and they say, it's completely my fault. Right? Again, that won't happen in construction, but let's just assume they say it's completely my fault and they go, I'll pay for everything. And so they go off and pay for everything. But at the end of the day, you have to... Get a car. You got to get Ubers around the place where your car has been fixed. You got to find, get quotes. So you got to spend your time to get quotes to get it fixed. You got to drive the car, the logistics of all of that. It's going to cost you money. Your car is actually been crashed now. So it's worth less money. You, you got to say it's been crashed. So it still costs you. Even if you win, you still you still lose. So that's what happens in a dispute in construction. Even if you win, you still lose and more than likely you're not going to win. So having been through thousands of these, it is better to negotiate, give up, a percentage it'll save you money and it'll save you time in your own attention so if you can imagine casey the amount of attention that happened to you during that lawsuit like your mental power that went into it oh, it's absolutely it's not fun and you know i've been been there too and it, it just making a negotiation is probably the way forward
1: yeah 100 if people want to get a hold of you what's the best way to find you. Uh, I know you have your podcast as well. What are Share all the links that you want to share.
0: Okay. So if you're looking to learn exactly what you need to negotiate in a construction con- in a contract, we have a, a YouTube channel called Construction Secrets. In there, there's a playlist and that walks you through 16 videos of a training. You'll be a pro by the end of it. You know exactly what to negotiate in your contracts. We've got a podcast called Construction Secrets as well. If you prefer just to listen and not see my, my big Irish head, um, as we would say in, in Ireland. And then if you want us to do all of the contract stuff for you on your behalf, go to quantumcontractsolutions.com.
1: Amazing, Ken, really appreciate you taking the time, especially at 5 a.m. Uh, this has been super valuable. A uh, lot of great resources there, a lot of a lot of nuggets. I hope uh, people listen to this more than once because it's one of those podcasts I think that uh, you can actually take action. I've been taking notes and things I need to act on. So thank you so much, really appreciate it.
0: Really nice to chat to you, Casey.